Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. And just as a proof that we're not doing all of this in one day, you just heard the new intro music, so we're not going to get copy struck anymore. I'm your host, Calvin Timms. I'm here with my co-host, Dale Terry. You can find us over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin and at Dynasty underscore Dale. And we're back. We're starting the AFC West today, and We've already gone through quite a few divisions, so hopefully this isn't your first one. But if this is your team, if you're a big fan of the Denver Broncos, we're going to be talking about all the offseason changes today. But I also ask you guys to go and check out the other videos. We're putting a lot of time into all these, and it's a lot of fun for us to sit here and, and kind of break these teams down and give our thoughts on all 32 teams. So if you are a fan, if this is your first one, we haven't gotten to a specific team you want to hear yet. It'll be coming, so make sure you're checking back the entire month of July. We're dropping one of these a day the entire month, so hopefully you guys like this content. That Today, we though, we are going with the Denver Broncos. Like I said, we're starting the AFC West, and it's going to be a fun one. There's a lot of change on this team. Dale, before we jump into it, how are we doing today? Hey, I'm doing great today. Um, this episode's I I I actually gonna uh, drop on my birthday. So yeah, happy birthday to Dale! Yeah, drop it down in the comments. Be, yeah, yeah, and you can all say that I'm older than I look. Don't really care. I get that all the time. <laughs> so uh, other than that, I'm doing well tonight. Uh, I I go back to work for a day and and then have a day off. So I am looking forward to it, and I'm ready to talk about these Denver Broncos because there's so many changes. It's not funny. So. Yeah, so um, we're actually recording this right before 4th of July. So if you hear this after 4th, hope you guys had a happy 4th of July and, you know, got to see some fireworks, spend some time with your family, whatever it is. So, you know, just love this time of year in America. So thank you guys for for checking us out afterwards. But I got to say, Dale, you look pretty good for a 45-year-old man. I'm just... Uh... I, I, I appreciate it, man. I am... Well, <laughs> I'm not 45. I turned 30 this year. So please don't put 45 in the comments. It will hurt my feelings. Or and do. I might cry but, later. Or do. <laughs> uh, but no, happy birthday to, to Dale here. Um, now, if this is your first one, again, we're going to be going through it. And the, the kind of the order that we're we're doing it is we're going to talk about some of the coaching changes then we're going to talk about the free agents that they lost or yeah the free agents that they added then the free agents that they lost then the draft and then at the end of the podcast we're going to talk about every single skill position and give our thoughts on those guys going into this year and you know the next couple of seasons as well so that said, we'll just jump right into it there's a lot of coaching staff changes we were looking at it and I mean mm-hmm. Obviously, everybody knows they traded a first-round pick for Sean Payton to bring him in as the new head coach. And with that, they literally completely gutted this entire coaching staff. Uh, We were looking at it before the start of the podcast here, and there's not a single position that they kept, not one. So it's completely new from top to bottom, and you got to respect that. You know, they don't really want to... They wanted to get it all out of there, and uh, I can't blame mm-hmm. them after what last year was for this team. So, obviously, Sean Payton is your head coach. He's going to be pretty much the offensive coordinator as well. They did bring back Joe Lombardi to kind of work with him on the offensive side as well. Another big thing is, um, and I think it's going to have a, a detrimental, or not a detrimental, a positive effect. It had a detrimental effect last year. But Clint Kubiak was the quarterback's coach and the passing game coordinator, and Kubiak's 
if you remember that name, they've always been kind of associated with a very good run game. So Mm -hmm. it's ironic that Clint Kubiak was in charge of the quarterbacks and the passing game. Um, But I think that that's going to be good for guys like Russell Wilson, who we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. And, you know, you got to be encouraged that every sign, you know, they've done everything they can to really build this around Russell Wilson. So, We'll talk about him in just a few minutes. Um, any thoughts on the coaching changes? Um, I, I, I think anybody other than um, I can't even Nathaniel remember his Hackett. name. Yes, thank you. Other than Hackett, I, th- I think a third grader could have coached that team better. Um, yeah, he was, was not bad. he was not set up set up for success. Like he like he couldn't even find where the game clock was. So <laughs> you know, I, I think I, I think you finally get an, an adult in the room. And someone who knows what they're doing and knows how to handle these quarterbacks who are coming or are in or struggling a little bit and can really get the best out of them. So, right. And, you know, if you haven't checked out our AFC East New York Jets breakdown, we talk about Nathaniel Hackett a little bit over there because that he is now the offensive coordinator for the Jets. And yeah, just like Dale said, I'm not entirely sold on his ability to run an offense. It wasn't the best situation last year with this team. And you can put some of that on, on Russell Wilson. You can put some of that on the coaching staff, but yeah, I, I, it was just not pretty anywhere in there. And we have no idea what wasn't working. Everyone has kind of associated it completely with Russell Wilson at this point, but it could have very easily just been Nathaniel Hackett didn't know what, to do you know his first time head coach and it, it could have all just been that so I'm very hesitant you'll notice if you watch a lot of these to put all of the blame on the players um, unless we have multiple successful organizations where they don't work out in that's where I'm I'm willing to put it on the player at that point but if you have someone that is a first-time head coach with a guy that we've seen for years and years be a Hall of Fame level quarterback, and all of a sudden the guy looks like a dumpster fire, right? I'm more willing to put that on the coaching staff than on the player in this situation. So, you know, call, call me crazy, but uh, it just seems like everyone seems to be overlooking that a little bit with Russell Wilson. Um, so quickly we'll go through some of the roster changes that they did. Um, some of the, the guys that they re-signed, they re-signed Cameron Fleming. Uh, he's a tackle. He's a, he's a pretty good player, I think, um, for this team. He really started to step up the last couple of years. Kareem Jackson, safety. Uh, P.J. Locke, another safety. Alex Singleton, a linebacker. And Asang Bassi, uh, one of their cornerbacks over there. They re-signed him. Now, the free agent signings that they had, this is where it gets a little interesting, in my opinion. So, um, going from the top here, we're going to go through all the positions. So Zach Allen, defensive end from the Cardinals, they brought in him. Uh, fullback Michael Burton. Uh, wide receiver Marquez Callaway from the Saints. You know, obviously there's the connection to Sean Payton there. Frank Clark from the Chiefs. They were able to steal him away from the division rival. That was huge. I actually really like that signing. Um, we'll talk about a lot of these signings, but I think that they really bolstered some of these positions that were kind of weak. Ben DiNucci as a backup quarterback. Um, they've got center Kyle Fuller from the Seahawks. Uh, Tommy Hudson, tight end. Lil Jordan Humphrey, also from the Saints. <laughs> Ironically, the Sean Payton connection there. Wide receiver. Yep. 
Tony Jones Jr., uh, Tony Brooks Jones Jr., as the footballers call him, running back. They brought him in from Seattle. Tyler Lancaster, nose tackle. Mike McGlinchey, this was one of their biggest first free agent signings. Uh, They paid him a ton of money. He's from the 49ers. He is going to be a centerpiece. They went all out in free agency to to really boost this offensive line this year. Um, Jaquez Patrick, running back. uh, Tight end Chris Manhurts. Uh, nose tackle, or sorry, this guy didn't, they, they actually cut him. So running back Samaj P. Ryan, Ben Powers, offensive guard, another massive signing that they had early in free agency. Cornerback uh, Trayman Smith and quarterback Jarrett Stidham, also low-key kind of interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the guys that they did bring in this offseason? I think it was huge on the guys they brought in and, and they spent a lot of that Walmart money that they had Yeah. Um, yeah. On, 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 honestly, like they just got bought out. Well, they did. Well, they just sold the team last year. Right. Uh, it's, it's to the Waltons. So, um, I mean, I, th- I think it was a, it was a very good uh, free agent class that they got. Like they really shored up that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure how great Mike McGlinchey is for that contract, you know, but you know, but with the guys, yeah, it, I mean, I mean, but with the guys out there, you know, it's, 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 it was few and far between and you mm-hmm. really need strong offensive line play, you know, yeah, especially with um, Russ, right? Yes. Yes. And, and, and with Russ, like he's, he's going to throw more. He's not going to be the scrambling type of quarterback that he used to be. And that's what made him really elusive and great. And he is going to lose some of that, but they really shored up a lot of that with their signings. Like they also, um, Signed a lot of guys on on the defensive end. Um, mm-hmm. I like they re-signed like Draymond Jones. Uh, uh, they really shored up the back end with their draft picks that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Sure. So so overall, um, I, I I and and I I do agree that a sneaky signing is Jared Stenham. Yes. Because yep. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if he started. Yeah, I'll, I will. We'll talk about him here in just a yeah. minute, but. No, I, I think it, it also goes to Sean Payton. Um, he has experience working with small quarterbacks, right? He worked with Drew Brees for years and years. So uh, Russell Wilson, you know, he's he's known for being a shorter guy, just like Drew Brees. So, you know, if, if Sean Payton understands how to build that offensive line to protect those guys, I think that this is going to be a huge signing there. So um, a couple guys that they did lose here in free agency – um, you know, Calvin Anderson, offensive tackle, Andrew Beck, fullback, uh, line, uh, sorry, Mike Boone, another running back, Raymond Jones, defensive end, um, Latavius Murray, another running back, Marlon Mack, another running back. They had a lot of running backs that they lost. Yeah. Um, Darius Phillips, cornerback, Brett Ripien, one of their backup quarterbacks, um, Dalton Reisner, an offensive guard. He hasn't signed with anybody yet, so they might bring him back in for depth. He was okay. He wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. Um, Eric Sobert, a tight end. Eric Tomlinson, another tight end. Uh, Tackle Billy Turner. And um, defensive end Deshaun Williams. Then a couple other guys here. Ronald Darby, cornerback. Uh, Chase Edmonds. They traded him, right? No, they they traded for him. They got him in the Bradley Chubb deal and then, yeah, cut him. Um, Cornerback, Lamar Jackson, not the quarterback. Uh, center Graham Glasgow. That was actually a pretty big loss, but I think that they're okay bringing in Kyle Fuller. Um, so yeah. And then Freddie Swain, another wide receiver that they, that they waived as well. So, you know, 
a few losses got a little bit weaker, but I think all in all with the guys that they brought in in free agency was probably a net win, right? I think we'll, it's safe to say that. Yep. All right, then a couple guys that they brought in in the draft didn't have a ton of draft picks. Again, they gave up a first-round pick for that they got for Bradley Chubb when they sent him to the Miami Dolphins. They used that first round to trade with the New Orleans Saints to go and yep. get Sean Payton because they had the rights to um, Sean Payton. So in the second round, they actually take Mar- Marvin Mims, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Third round, they take Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas, and Riley Moss, a cornerback out of Iowa. Um, in the sixth round, they had no picks in four and five. JL Skinner, a safety out of Boise State. And then in the seventh round, Alex Forsyth, center out of Oregon. So, you know, first three rounds, I thought they they hit some important needs, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, other than that, it's, it's a, it's a crapshoot in six and seven, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it, it it is like once you get into day three, like those picks are are, are a coin flip that they're even going to make the roster in some in some instances. So, right. you know, I th- I think overall that they did pretty well, and and they got some good value in Mims and Sanders. So yeah, uh, so yeah. overall they did pretty well there. Yep, I'm with you. So again, offensive line, just recapping that, I think it's going to be better than it was before. They're really paying a lot of money to some of these guys, but Cameron Fleming and Mike McGlinchey should be a pretty solid um, left and right tackle there. You know, yep. you've got some good guards with, and you've got some good centers as well with Kyle Fuller, um, Lloyd Cushenberry as well at the center position. I think there's a little bit of flexibility. Ben Powers, the offensive guard that they paid a ton of money as well um and then i think their other starting guard is i think it's quinn maynard's um but it you know i think again there's some flexibility with kyle fuller and in cushionberry so um yeah definitely should have a much improved offensive line and again that's where sean payton knows you need a good offensive line to keep these guys upright and keep them keep them clear to throw down the field right yeah no absolutely so you know, I, I, th- I think it was overall, it was, it was, it was, it was good for him. So. All right. So we're going to talk about the quarterbacks first here. Obviously Russell Wilson is the starter as of now. Jarrett Stidham is projected to be the number two guy there. And then Ben, De- Ben DiNucci is the number three. There's really no excitement about Ben DiNucci. We've seen no. what he can provide and it's just not great there. Um, now we'll talk about Russell Wilson versus Jar- Jared Stidham here for just a second. I fully expect that Russell Wilson's going to be back to normal um, this year. I really do. Once training camp starts to roll around here in the next couple of weeks, it's going to look so much better because, again, Russell Wilson, and he, he played like a Hall of Fame quarterback for many, many seasons, right, up in Seattle. And there was always yeah. the let us let Russ cook and all that narrative and Oh, they finally let him cook, and it was he set the kitchen on fire, right? Um, but again, Nathaniel Hackett, first time head coach. I don't think he had a good staff around him, and I think Russell Wilson. I, go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I I think Hackett was way over his head. He I was agree. not head coach material, and that that was just plain and simple not a good hire by the Broncos as a yeah, whole. Yeah, and there's all the rumors that they expected to kind of get. Uh, Aaron Rodgers with that Mm -hmm. and it didn't ultimately work um so maybe but you know I think that you know it's it I won't say that Nathaniel Hackett can never be a head coach but I think it was just too soon I don't think he was ready for it so um 
Yeah, and I think Russell Wilson again, he he was trying to make things work and and he was kind mm-hmm. of banged up last year. And then there's also the the story that if you've kind of heard this, if not, um Russell Wilson had a life coach. It was one of his best friends for, for many many years up in Seattle. Right. Um his life coach actually passed away during COVID. Mm. Um the like 2 months before he got traded, I think it was or 6 months right before he got traded. So, you know, he's dealing with the loss of one of his good friends that he spends a lot of time with who is also his motivational and life coach as well. And You've seen what Russell Wilson's like, you know, Broncos country, let's ride all this corny kind of stuff. But, Mm -hmm. you know, he does that to get himself into a mental space that helps him to perform. You might think it's corny. I think it's corny. But if it works for him and that's what he needs to do to get himself mentally ready, well, now he doesn't have the guy that's kind of training him and helping him in that category. And I think that that loss was just a major mental shock. You got all the moving, the new system, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I think Russ was just a little overwhelmed. You can see already that he's lost like 20 pounds already this off season. So I fully expect Russell Wilson to jump back up to a top 10 dynasty quarterback after the mm-hmm. season he's only 33 he's still pretty young um so i think that there's a lot of potential there jared Sidham, i like it i think that if russ does not get back to that category i think that he has some potential he's worth stashing but you know if i'm making a bet it's going to be on russell wilson now that was a long rant let me hear your thoughts yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, I, I, I do think Wilson's going to turn back into form. I think he's, I think he, he, he understands that this, this is his chance to really submit himself into this um, legend of the sport. And that's kind of, I, I think that's what he wants to do. Like he, he really wants to submit himself as a brand and as, 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 as something that's more than just, I mean, he, he wants to be a football player too, but you know, I, 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 I think his mind's right. And that's going to be really helpful for him going forward. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I don't think he was in the right headspace to be as efficient as he was in Seattle. And plus you had Hackett coming in. It was a new head coach, whole new system. Everything's different. Yep. And, and, and then they had injuries, you know, all, all here and there. And it was just a lot. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. So, I fully expect Russ to get back. We'll see after the season, but we're going to jump into the running backs now. So obviously they brought in Samaj P. Ryan. Javante's still recovering from the yep. J.K. Dobbins basically Dobbins. knee injury. Yep. Um, there's some reports that he's going to be ready for week one, which would be a massive shock. I'm fully expecting be. Javante to be kind of on the same timeline as, as J.K. Dobbins, you know, mm-hmm. maybe by week, 10, 11, 12, sometime in that yep. range, he'll be back on the field. Um, we will see. I think he's still got a lot of talent, but I'm not expecting him mm-hmm. to be back to fantasy relevance until 2024. You know, Dale and I have talked about this multiple times that these guys just don't always look the same. Very rarely. There's a few guys that are really able, don't. you know, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, these guys can come back from an ACL tear and look amazing the next year, but that's mm-hmm. super super rare. Well, and 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 a big part of that is what kind of inj- what kind of ACL injury yeah. is it? Is it a clean tear? Is is it just the ACL or is it the LCL, PCL, MCL? MCL you know, yeah, all, all, the, all of those. Yeah, all all, the, all of the CL that, <laughs> that that you're able to tear, or break, whatever. You know, and that's really what Javante did. Mm-hmm. Is is has had a major a major knee injury. It was a yeah. major major knee, and 
Um, you know, I think if you're doing dynasty drafts, you know, just buyer beware on Javante year one. Yeah. You know, like if you're, if, you know, like if, if you feel he's like, if you, if, if, if you feel he's not going to be ready, like just don't take him and, right. and where he's going drafted. Cause I, I think he's being drafted. Like he's going to be the guy. Yeah, I know. And, it's crazy. And it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. Cause here's the thing too. Like I love Javante Williamstown. I really do. I think mm-hmm. he, he has the potential to be an elite running back in this, in this NFL. But here's the thing, right? If he doesn't come back until week 10, 11, 12, he might not be a hundred percent this year. He might never get back there. We have no mm-hmm. idea, right? Yeah. We saw glimpses of Javante and what he had the potential to do, but at that point in time, it's going to be two years removed. Right. And yep. That's risky for all running backs. Like, I don't think that he's ever going to get to top 12 running back value again. And this is a guy that was going as RB4 last season before mm-hmm. the ACL tear. And it's just, it's so unfortunate. Some people are still stashing him like he's going to be a top five guy. And it's possible that he gets up there, but you have to be realistic with Javante that there's a real world where he never gets back there. It's It's entirely yeah. possible. So, just keep that in mind if you're drafting Javante or if you're trading for him. It's not a sure thing that he's going to make it back up to there in value. So if you're paying top mm-hmm. t- top 10 running back values for him, it's a massive risk. Um, so, yeah, just, just a little heads up there. I do fully believe in Samaj P. Ryan, though, in mm-hmm. the interim. I think Samaj P. Ryan has the potential to be a top 12 guy. Um, if you remember back to... Uh, New Orleans with Sean Payton, he made Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, an older mm-hmm. Mark Ingram, both top 12 guys yes. in the same season. And, you know, if Javante were fully healthy, you could see that situation here. But I think Samanje is going to have a lot of potential. And I also think Tony Jones Jr. is going to be a sneaky kind of ad where if Javante doesn't start in week one, 100% healthy, Tony Jones might have a little bit of relevance early in the season. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I really love Shamaje. It's 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 for this year especially. Um, you know, unfortunately, he's he's twenty seven. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he's gonna be he's he's gonna be twenty eight. Like once the season gets going, and that's right. usually when running backs kind of fall off that cliff. Unfortunately, <laughs> and 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 this is his fifth team. Right. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I do expect him. I mean, I, I will say that he was the guy and he was the guy at the end of the year instead of Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. So, you know, I, I expect him to have a similar role in, 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 in of what he did um, in Cincy. And I, I really think he's going to take ownership of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, and he's going to do really well. And then, and then, and, and then I think that's going to help Javante kind of ease in a little bit yeah. and not feel so rushed. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. So, so I think Samaje is going to have top 20 running back potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I think early in the season, he's going to be, you know, fringe RB one most weeks. Like yeah. I, I just think that they're going to use him quite heavily. Um, but we will, mm-hmm. we will see there. So I think there's definitely some sneaky value there. If you're looking for somebody cheaper in your leagues, um, jumping over to the wide receivers here, you know, you've got Jerry Judy, you've got a lot of guys here now, Marquez Calloway, KJ Hamler, Kendall uh, Kendall Hilton, Hinton, um, Little Jordan Humphrey. You've got Marvin Mims. You got Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton. Now, here's my thoughts, and I'll let you kind of break down my thoughts on the, these wide receivers. I think that 
there's the hype piece that Tim Patrick's coming back. I actually don't yep. think he's going to be the number one guy. He's an older guy coming off an ACL tear. Yes. It's, yes. it's a long shot that he's going to get back it to his, his form beforehand. So if I'm betting on a wide receiver, here's how I'm doing it personally. And I know you kind of like Cortland Sutton. You have, mm-hmm. you think he's a uh, he has a potential to finish as one yeah. of the top wide receivers in NFL this yep. year, right? In in dynasty, mm-hmm. I'm still ranking it: Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims, Cortland Sutton, um, and then probably you know like Marquez Callaway over KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler just hasn't been able to stay healthy, so yeah. I think they're ready to move on from him. But uh, maybe even Tim Patrick is the number four guy, but. I think Jerry Judy has the most potential. We saw him Absolutely. starting to break out with Russell Wilson at the end of last year. Jerry Judy is more of a Tyler Lockett type of player than any of these other wide receivers on the field. And I think that's what he's going to be. He's going to be a, a Doug Baldwin. A, you know, Russell Wilson has always kind of liked those shifty slot type of players. And that's where Jerry yep. Judy's going to, he's going to be very good for fantasy. I don't know if he'll be top 10 good, but I think he's going to be fringe. Right. And I think that they're going to design around him as being the number one guy. You think it's Cortland Sutton. I think it's Jerry Judy, but you know, well, that's I mean, kind of the difference. I, I, I don't disagree that it can't be Jerry Judy as sure. the number one, but I think, I think Cortland Sutton's going to have, I think he has the potential to have a Mike Thomas saints like sure. season. Personally, you know, um, he, he's more of the big bodied wide receiver. Um, you know, unfortunately with Jerry Judy, well, I, I, w- I would say going into his pro career that Jerry Judy was a, was a route, a route. Yes. Yes. A savant tactician was the word yeah. I was trying to find. There you go. There you go. Um, you know, he, he was doing really well, but his, his hands have really failed him. And that's what, being a white, I mean, yes, he's had Drew Locke throwing him the ball in right. previous years, which doesn't help anybody. Right. But you know, um, I, I, I really want to believe in Cortland Sutton, and I'm going to ride that train probably for a couple weeks, and then it's going to fall off. And <laughs> yeah. I am here for it, but that's okay. Um, I mean, I and with Marvin Mims, I do love his uh, long-term potential. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would rank in, you know, in the dynasty world i would do jerry uh, i would do judy mims and then sutton um it's sutton because of age mainly um i mean i I also do love tim patrick but he he is i think he's the oldest amongst these guys yeah Uh, i'm waiting for more positive reports on tim patrick and then i'm selling him for any second round pick i've (laughs) i've been i've been hearing a lot of positive reports and that and then i think i heard somewhere that like sean payton said that he was the best He's the best athlete in the wide receiver room. So I think if you can get a second for him now, do it, do it, do it. Just wait for more positive news and you'll definitely be able to get a second for him. Um, Yes, because the hype train's coming. Yep. Um, And my really quickly on Marvin Mims, like uh, I'm not sold on Cortland Sutton. I just don't think that he's ever, you know, I think he had a lot of talent and he's just never been able to prove it. Um, unfortunately, you know, his highest was his sophomore season. And that was before the brutal ACL tear for him was wide receiver 19. And he's just not been the same guy since he hasn't had the same quarterback since. So, you know, Mm -hmm. this is just my thoughts, but he could definitely, like Dale said, smash that and be the number one for this team. I, I have no idea, but Marvin Mims is somebody that a lot of people are down on just because he only ran nine routes really for Oklahoma. And, um, he was very good at it. He was extremely good at it. He's extremely fast, right? 
Uh, he's a little bit of a smaller guy, but I don't see he, he basically in an interview said, well, why, why didn't you run any other routes? You know, <laughs> why have you never showed mm-hmm. that part of your route tree? He goes, they didn't ask me to, what do you want me to do? I, they, I did what I was told. So well, it, it's, 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 it's a problem with Oklahoma last year is yeah. that they had is, is, is that they lost Lincoln Riley. They lost Caleb Williams. So they're dealing with Dylan Gabriel, who is an okay quarterback uh, coming out, but right. he's not, I don't think he's NFL caliber right. caliber. And, and, right. and then they got a defensive coordinator as a head coach. Yeah. So, so. So, like, what are you going to do at that point? <laughs> right. so. so, yeah. So, Marvin Mams, I think that there's a lot of potential. I think he has a bigger route tree than what he's shown so far. Absolutely. We will find out. Obviously, Sean Payton liked him, took him as his first pick in this draft with this team mm-hmm. in the second round. Yep. So, I think that there's a lot of sneaky potential there that people are just looking at the side and saying, eh, you know, he's not, he's he's just a speedy outside guy. And I, I don't think that's the case, personally. Um, now, quickly, we'll wrap up with the tight ends. Greg Dulcich is really the only guy that I want to invest in here. Um, I'm not interested in Adam Troutman. Alberto just why hasn't not, worked out. Why not, why not Adam Troutman? He I is just, Sean Payton's guy. I don't care. <laughs> Greg Dulcich is the better player. <laughs> so, hey, no, I, get, I get it. No, I, think, I, I do agree. I do agree with you that, that like Greg Dulcich is the guy. Yep. You know, I, I, I could see Troutman getting some touchdowns. What do you think the um, realistic ceiling is on Dulcich? 10? Like tight end ten, yeah. Like in, uh, I can see him being like. I don't think eight, it, I don't see him breaking into eight, the top eight, seven. Eight, yeah, eight eight is ceiling. Eight is the ceiling, right? Okay, now. it's 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 because of all the tight ends that are there. Yeah, it, it's potential. So you know, yeah. a lot of people are high on on Greg Dulcich right now as yeah, a potential sleeper. So you know, good luck trying to get him for a value. I I would maybe wait mm-hmm. and see, but yep. honestly, I, I would definitely the value right now. But uh. Yes. Yeah, Dulcich, I do think he has some potential. He showed a lot as a rookie, um, so we'll see what he can do. But, yeah, it's it's worth just keeping an eye on. So, mm-hmm. All right, any last thoughts on the Broncos before we wrap this up? Send them home. All right, so that's our thoughts. Here's our full breakdown on the 2023 offseason for the Denver Broncos. A lot of changes, especially at the top. John Payton should bring a positive to this organization, um, whether Russell Wilson gets back to his old form or not, I think Sean Payton is an mm-hmm. amazing, amazing signing. There were people that thought that the first round pick for Sean Payton was a was an overpay, and I'm like, dude, that's not even. If he saves this, a Hall of Fame head coach, it's not enough. So, a lot of changes on this team. I think that they're definitely trending up for 2023. It's a tough division, you know. AFC West mm-hmm. is a tough cutthroat division so we'll see what they can ultimately do but yeah a lot of guys there so that said thank you guys for joining us you can find us on the dynasty after dark youtube channel spotify apple google anywhere else that podcasts are found while you're over there if you can like comment subscribe to the video um we appreciate it we're trying to put out one of these a day like i said for all 32 teams and yeah we're just going to be cranking out the content so we appreciate you guys coming in and listening to it and until next time Have a good night.